You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Late Night Live. Hot topics discussed daily from 11pm onwards. Get involved by calling 0141-375-3434 or search Radio Ramadan 365. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to Radio Ramadan's Late Night Live program. And uh, it's one of the longest running programs we've had in a long time. And here we are joining you for a very, very unique uh, Ramadan. Um, I'm your host, Nadeem Bhatti. And I'm joined by my co-pilots, Abdul Aziz who's here with me, and also Niaz Bai, uh, sometimes we call him Niaz Swiss. Um, are you guys there? Yep. Yeah. Okay, great to hear you all. So just to give you all guys a reminder here, um, we are um, here, and you can listen in on 87.7 FM, 1530 AM, or medium wave all year round. You can also listen in through the TuneIn app, which you can download from Google Play. You can also listen in via RadioRamadan.scot by clicking on Listen Live and through Facebook Live as well. And also, you can listen in, for all those of you who are in your cars listening to this, you can listen in on DAB Radio. Uh, that's digital radio. And if you search for Radio Ramadan 365, And uh, I don't know about you, but it's very different from any Ramadan I've ever been in. Um, it's been a real, a real game changer in terms of, you know, what I thought was possible, what I thought, you know, normal was like. I don't know about you guys, um, but uh, certainly it's been a big change in the way I work. My day job is as a GP, and we've had to make all sorts of changes where not seeing patients anymore we're having to listen speak to patients uh through the phone uh through live webcam links uh, we do see patients but you know again it's very very uh protected you know through with visors and gloves i don't know how but so life's really changed for me i don't know about you guys abdul aziz yeah life's certainly changed um actually um just got back from pakistan actually in the 16th of march and while i was in actually pakistan obviously knew of this uh, the pandemic uh, it was actually called a pandemic while i was in actually pakistan and and then i didn't kind of i only now and again got a bit of television you know through the world news now and again for about an hour or so at night but um and then that was the and then two weeks later all i was getting on my whatsapps was jokes about toilet rolls and i was wondering why am I, are all these toilet roll jokes <laughs> coming through i was i was scratching my head and i thought oh, something's happened back home but yeah so when i get back home um it's just like getting back into a kind of it was like a, a in a set of a movie you know panic buying shelves were empty uh, it was it was uh, it really was crazy and uh, thank god we, we had some food in the house Uh, I'm really probably just conveying what everybody was is actually thinking out there is that uh, you know it, you can't blame some people for uh, panicking at that particular time, but uh, yeah, for me, um, it's, it's been it's been kind of it's, it's still kind of not sunk in. It still feels surreal 
and uh, and like you've touched on there about the um I know we'll talk on it more so. Uh, the blessed month of Ramadan. Um, you know, this particular time, I'm actually just coming to my mind that I'm normally driving back from Central Mosque around about this time, listening to late, mm. late night live, and it was a it was a a done thing. The radio went straight on to Radio uh, Ramadan, and then we listened to your show on the way home. But yeah, it's, it's strange not being in a a Jamaat, it's strange not listening to the recitation of the Holy Quran. It's strange not seeing, uh, you know, the, the elders in the same place when you always go to the masjid. They're always standing there, the familiar faces and a little acknowledgement. Yeah, it's, it's quite sad and uh, I'm missing it. Yeah, Nadim? Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I absolutely concur with your sentiments. Definitely feel that myself. Niaz, how has it been for you? Like, has life changed? Um, I'm basically, uh, like all of you, um, it is a dramatic and significant change. I think it's uh, appreciation of the freedoms that we had, uh, certainly when it comes to appreciation to being able to go out and exercise. Um, let me first introduce myself since um, uh, you did, Nadine. And uh, after that, I'll go back to Abdul Bai, tell us a bit more about himself. I um, grew up in uh, Qatar, which is famous for oil and the biggest gas field in the world. Um, I started my career trading JP1A, Saudi Arabian Light, uh, which is in the news right now. Uh, as they're fighting, Saudis fighting with Russia and price war and has uh, pretty much spoke too much oil into the market, uh, which won't help global economies. So I um, come from that background, uh, financial analytical. Uh, back in 99, I joined Lloyd's and their wealth management, asset management side, and developed a career with, at the time, my CEO, uh, managing about 1.4 billion sterling. So I... Um, Went from there to the States, had an experience over there, uh, again, still with the financial industry, and uh, spent a lot of time restructuring and, and strategic management, cost reduction. Um, and these were in the good, good old economic days. Um, and since then, I have worked in Switzerland uh, for quite a long time, over 11 years, and um, I ran and headed business development for the Middle East for uh, one of the Swiss banks in Geneva, for Qatar, Oman, and Dubai. So what I can say is certainly that um, it does certainly affect all of us in so many ways. I think it scares a lot of people, and uh, it's very important to be factual and um, upfront and honest about the emotions of how this is affecting everybody. But we also need to keep positive as well. So on that note, I'm going to absolutely Abdul. Abdul, why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, Glasgow born and bred, not as, I wasn't as travelled as your good self there in Qatar and Switzerland and whatnot, but Glasgow born and bred and uh, basically um, self-employed most of my life, uh, your usual shops and whatnot. And uh, uh, for now, I'm actually selling packaging for a company. 
but obviously we're furloughed at the moment. Um, so unfortunately, all the, the cafes, the restaurants and whatnot that we deliver to, unfortunately, are all closed just now, which is another topic again. Uh, but for now, uh, basically just sitting in the house, I'm basically like a Charlotte monk now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what, what it's like now. But yeah, that's that's my background, mostly traded in Glasgow, as it were. Uh, and uh, my commodities was your bread and milk and eggs and whatnot, you know, buying and selling that. But uh, yeah, that's that's my background. And for now, today, um, really sitting in the house and uh, waiting to see what happens. Nadine? Well, inshallah, um, you know, what, one of the things I've always loved about Radio Ramadan is it's uh, a radio station for the people, by the people, and it's a, and it is a community radio station, so it brings together all sorts of people, and I think it would have been really easy for Radio Ramadan this year to say, look, you know, coronavirus is just too much, we're going to shut up shop and that's it, but mashallah, I think it's still here it is, it's still going okay, maybe battered and bruised but um, it's uh, still going on and it's almost, it's regimented, it's, it's you know, clinical you know, all the, the safeguards are in place, you know, very few people at the, the Qabristan so, um, you know it's, it's just the times that we're living in we have to adhere to what they're advising us to do and I also applaud the people to uh, that are actually, you know, um, following the rules. You know, because you you could get some some people are not as you know as uh, observant of them, and they can say, "Jalho, what do we care? I'm going here and I'm going there." But I must say, Nadim, that the people of Glasgow they are really um, you know doing what what what's asked of them. Mashallah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Most people that I've met in Glasgow, uh, and I'm talking about our own Muslim community, have been, they've been really observant. They've been, they've been following uh, the rules of social distancing. Um, you know, they've been communicating by Zoom. Um, they've, you know, they've been, I think they've been fantastic in how they've managed to deal with things. And I think, mashallah, I think, I hope that that will make a big difference. And, you know, Normally on this program we would be we would normally have a guest and I think because it's the first time we're doing this uh, we thought we would be better off just coming on and just letting you know who we are uh, and talking about some of the general news stories that are out there uh, rather than um, getting a guest in but inshallah from tomorrow and the next day we will be talking about a whole variety of subjects so we'll be getting in people talking about the change. Uh, that has come about through coronavirus on the environment, on things like our civil liberties. Uh, we'll be hopefully getting in uh, one of the top lawyers in Glasgow, Amar Anwar, on. We've got a professor who deals with climate change who will be coming on, inshallah, um, either this week or next week. Um, we'll be talking about a whole load of changes that I think this, this has affected almost every aspect of life. So, uh, what do you think about that, Abdulaziz? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no question. Uh, I mean, this is from the, the infants to the, to the old, to the elderly. It's affected everyone and your neighbours. Um, I mean, what, what's actually happened is, is, you know, since the very beginning, 
you know, the, the government has, has reiterated that, you know, we are all in this together. But there's different degrees of how we are all in this together, Nadim. You know, let, let, let's not kid ourselves. You know, there's some people that can that are absolutely struggling to put food on the table. And I would, I would, you know, I, I would question these, these, um, these uh, kind of uh, spokesmen that are on the, the, the TV and keep reiterating these words. We're all in this together. We're all in the same boat. You know, but I mean, I don't think we are really. Yeah, we're all suffering from the pandemic, but uh, you know, there's different degrees of how we're actually you're, suffering from this. Abdulaziz, you're absolutely, absolutely correct. Um, I, I think it's you're right. We're not all in it in the same way together. I think there's all sorts of things. Um, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine today. Uh, shout out to uh, Zahid Jamil, who's out there in Pakistan at the moment. Dokir Ahmed, who's out there in Pakistan. And they've been sending me um, pictures of life in Pakistan. They actually, one of them was actually, Zahid was actually trying to get over here. Couldn't get a flight over, but he's, so he's had to spend time out there. And uh, they've been telling me about how ordinary people, how they're, you know, uh, really quite hand-to-mouth trying to get their best to get um, just basic food rations and forget, you know, we're sitting here, we have our selfies, we have our Wi-Fi, and, and they literally are just trying to eat. Um, and uh, so I think if any of us have got a chance to give people something back there, and actually there was another interesting story that I heard I don't know if you picked this up, um, but a family in India uh, was being handed in rations and apparently the policeman uh, asked them to take this in the name of uh, another kind of deity and they said, look, we'll, you know, we're not going to sell our, uh, we're not going to sell our iman for a, a little bit of flour. Uh, and I have to admit, I was really inspired by that. I don't know if you saw that. While we're on the subject and talking about everything in together, Brother Niaz has just come on. He's talking about everything in together. Brother Niaz has just come on. He's just managed to get on. Brother Niaz, uh, you've managed to battle the internet demons and everything to get on. <laughs> I have indeed. So just back on right now. Sorry about Mashallah. that. That's okay. Mashallah. Uh, we were just telling everybody, uh, well, I, I don't know if you probably heard that, but yeah, it's it. It's been difficult, and I don't think everybody's in there in the same way. Uh, even if you look at those people in the health service, we've got all sorts of people from the BAME community, ethnic minorities, Asians, who seem to be, you know, falling a bit disproportionately. On you going, Yeah. Well, well, um, absolutely. So if I uh, start off, um. I started looking at this back in January, so I I look at uh, a lot of data uh, to understand what's happening in the equity markets, and uh, sometimes you you got to look at uh, socioeconomic, political, you know, things that are going on globally. And what was starting back in January? So this is perhaps before it got into everybody's radar, but into the politics and big lead, the leaders of the world did. Uh, for sure know about what was starting to happen in China. So by February, I, I did get more concerned. And um, I think it took, uh, you know, even doctors a little longer to realize how serious it was. And 
for me, you know, I, I think I'll probably be joining in and, and adding a lot of uh, ideas in terms of what's going to be happening in the economy or certainly uh, what's some of the outcomes that are going to come out. Um, like there was recently a Newsweek story that uh, was released, and it's uh, trying to understand how this happened. So, you know, the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency um, are updated their assessment of the origin of the novel coronavirus itself. And they're, on their reflection, uh, they believe it had been accidentally released from the Infectious Diseases Lab. So this is from Newsweek just um, today, actually. Um, but, you know, if, if, if Nadima, I, I know I missed some of the, what you guys were talking about. Um, I think it's good to look at things like this as well. And also that about the economic consequences. Would you? Well, I think I, uh, inshallah, we'll be the way that um, we'll be sort of structuring this program. We'll have lots of other guests on. We'll be looking at all sorts of issues. We'll be looking at the economy, at the environment, uh, civil liberties, uh, the way people are dealing with things in lockdown, psychological health. Uh, so today was really just a. Uh, a kind of first day back at school uh, kind of situation where we were going to get to, you know, really work out any teething issues and actually get reacquainted with with this. Because even this is very different because normally we'd be coming into the ARC, we'd be sitting at a desk, uh, we'd be we'd be having Zuberbai, you know, and uh, uh, Mobina and uh, Maysoon, Sister Maysoon helping us out on the desk. And we would just kind of sit down and, and, and talk. So this is the first time we're having to do this from home, um, sitting down in, um, you know, at home uh, with all the distractions that you normally have doing this over Zoom. So it's a kind of, it's a quite, I don't know about you, but it's quite a different experience. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, hats off to Radio Ramadan. I mean, there's four people on this line here, so it's a bit like you know, Houston. Can we have a problem, as it were? Um, so yeah, I mean, hats off to them for actually um, getting this together and still making a show of it. But yeah, getting back to the point we were making there, Niaz, was that um, you know, now that this is hit us uh, on the ground level, uh, a lot of uh, we he keep hearing from the government spokespersons that, you know, we're all in this together, we're all in the same boat. But I was saying to the team earlier on that, you know, uh, it's kind of, we're not really all in this together and, and in the same way because there's a lot of people out there that are struggling in Glasgow to put food on the table. And uh, the reason why I say this is because last year we were giving out packaging to cafes and restaurants who were chosen by the local authorities to make food so that they could actually give to the children that were getting free meals. So this is still kind of still they're still trying to kick this in here. But I was I was just mentioning to Neem that you know um, it gets to me this this phrase that they keep using you know because we're not all in this together. A lot of well-off people can just pick up the phone and get food delivered from an app on their phone. So that's what I was talking to you on before we you get cut off there, Niaz. No, absolutely. Um, it has impacted a lot of people. I've seen it firsthand as well. Um, I, I volunteer on Wednesday evenings, uh, Bike for Refugees, and uh, basically it's getting bikes to uh, people who need 
to get around transport wise. It saves them money. People donate it for free, and um, I help out fix the broken bikes, get them back and running, give them to families that uh, need it, uh, to kids, parents. Um, and these are the families here as well that are affected. And um, what's been good, a guy called Gabe, uh, Gabriel, has uh, helped to get food to these uh, families uh, because uh, quite a few of them don't have um, enough income. And so the, uh, an organization called al here in Glasgow has been great as well. And they're um, been giving a lot of food boxes that uh, um, what used to be a bike uh, donating organization is now helping to deliver food to different families. So put it this way, um, if an elderly person or someone who's hurt their um, arm or can't walk or, you, you know, they're very afraid, they can give Alger a call and, you know, Alger will try their best to help these people who need help, um, who don't have the financial uh, capability to feed themselves. So, I mean, this is what I've seen firsthand here in Glasgow. There's a lot of generosity. There's a lot of kindness going around. And um, it's something good to see uh, in this moment that uh, creates a lot of uh, psychological angst and uh, distress. So we have to, as I always say, focus on the positives as well. There's plenty of negative stories, but there's a lot more positives. And I think uh, what will be nice is to, in the next uh, uh, weeks uh, or days ahead, is to have some of these people um, share their stories with us. Well, mashallah, um, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic initiative, people putting together bikes uh, to give to refugees. And I'd like to hear a lot more about that later on, uh, Niaz. Uh, I'm going to mention something else, though. Uh, one of the charity appeals that Radio Ramadan is um, supporting, it's a local Glasgow food bank. It's one of the designated charities for Radio Ramadan 2020. Um, it's Trussell Trust Southwest Glasgow Food Bank. And I'm gonna, we're going uh, to plug that a lot more as we go along. As I say, it's one of the charities that... Radio Ramadan 2020 supporting. It's one of the local Glasgow food banks. Um, it's fantastic that we are doing that. We're giving back to the community. I remember when I was growing up, you know, all you'd ever do is, you'd, well, not that you'd only ever what you'd ever do, but we'd, our main first of charities was either giving to the mosque or sending back to Pakistan. But now I think we are very much more part of the community. We're embedded in the community. We are Glaswegians, so we need to give back to Glasgow, and I think Marcella we're doing that. The sad part is that the idea of food banks is something that I never thought I would ever see again in my life, and um, it's almost like we've gone back a bit, and that we have to have food banks to give to people. That's the sad part for me, but, you know, it is what it is, um, and, you know, Radio Ramadan's doing its part. Like I said, it's Trussell Trust Southwest Glasgow Food Bank. It's a charity. Please support because remember, you know, most of us are, you know, a lot of us are at home. We've got our um, PlayStations. We've got our Netflix. We've got all that kind of thing. We've got food that we can use. Uh, we, we, we've got we've got supplies of things. There's people actually in Glasgow who aren't actually sure if they're going to have enough food to eat for the rest of the week. 
And, you know, it's our duty to keep up their dignity um, and, you know, keep, you know, if we have mercy on them, Allah Ta'ala will have mercy on us. So please do remember that. That's that's one of the charities that Radio Ramadan supporting this year. And um, any of you listening to Late Night Live, I hope you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, obviously you have to, uh, like, like they say in Islam, Nadine, you have to look at the, the, the people that are closest to you, your family, friends, and, and your neighbours, and your, and your own local community. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, isn't that a sad thing when we're talking about food banks in 2020? It's I mean, a tragedy, it's a travesty, it's a travesty. It is. I mean, when like you just mentioned there, when you were young, when I was young, when I was a wee boy, I mean, I'm 54 now, but I remember going into the city centre, and I remember the first time I saw someone with a little hat, a little bonnet, an older guy, and I can remember seeing him and thinking, I can still remember the first time I saw him, and I thought, my God, there's a man begging. I couldn't believe it. It was my first, first experience of, of someone begging. And, and, I, and I kept looking back as I was holding my mum's hand walk along the city centre. But obviously he had maybe one too many at that particular time. And I don't even think he was probably, you know, kind of out in the street, as it were. I think it was just maybe it was a thing for to get a drink, possibly now looking back. But now you're seeing people all over. You're seeing homelessness. You're seeing people starving, mothers, single mothers and whatnot, having to, struggling to feed their children. So, I mean, that is another show in itself as well. But it's, it is, it's an absolute tragedy. But like you said, the month of Ramadan, inshallah, you know, it gives us all an opportunity to at least do something for, about it and, and even more so in the month of Ramadan. Yes. And remember, every... Yeah, sorry, Niaz, after you. Uh, no, I think Abdul had said something there. Um, I, I, please go ahead, Nadine. Uh, I was going to say, look, every pound you give in charity, uh, it's not a pound that you've given away. It's an investment that, inshallah, will come back to you at least tenfold, uh, if not more. And uh, so, you know, don't be afraid to give in charity this year. In fact, give more than you would normally give. And inshallah, you'll get that back uh, at least tenfold. Um, and it's something about, you know, there's something about psychology as well in that, that if you're too scared to give away, you, you're, you're probably going to be too scared to, to make that back as well. So, you know, if money doesn't have you, you have money. So definitely, please do remember our charities this year. Um, and uh, we'll be talking a bit more about that later on. One it's, thing that oh, I... Sorry, good. Sorry, go ahead. Um, and another idea I wanted to add was um, some of the neighbors um, had created a WhatsApp group. And um, so for, for your streets, here's an idea. Create a WhatsApp group with the people on your street. You'll know their names. You'll get to know them. These are humanizes where we live. And that's happened certainly where I am. And I know uh, I suggested it to other um, brothers as well, other friends, um, people who are local Scottish. Um, and they basically said, this is a great idea. They implemented it by creating a WhatsApp group or something similar, and they're able to talk to each other. We're able to check on the neighbors that maybe need a bit more um, help. So there, there's a couple um, widowers who are in their 80s 
uh, in the neighborhood. So it's being able to be there for our neighbors is uh, is probably the first part of uh, you know being charitable and kind, uh, especially now where we're not allowed to go outside um, except for essentials. And sometimes this is the only way we're able to offer that help. Um, and there's other organizations that are, there's just so many. And again, for each of us, we can, you know, join one or two or more uh, to, you know, so from the food banks that you mentioned to uh, there's some restaurant owners um, who have been very kind enough to help feed those who need food. Um, and at the same time to reward and motivate and help the NHS workers in the front line. There's been a number of Glasgow restaurants who, through a, a, a recent volunteer program, uh, Care for Cares, had, had started to um, help donate uh, food every night to different wards. Um, and it's a small, small little help to motivate these people at the front line. Uh, but it starts at home, where you live. Mm-hmm to see this idea. Mashallah. Um, yes, that's absolutely fantastic. And it's uh, people kind of run down social media quite a lot uh, in terms of WhatsApp and everything, but that's a fantastically constructive, connected way to use social media. That's what I really mean by connection. And like you said, in Islam, if your neighbors are scared of you or you know uh, distrust you that's not really uh, for me uh, that's not really an islamic way of being uh, and if you can connect with your neighbors and let them know that you're there for them that would be fantastic um and and what we forget is that you know one of the things that they're saying is that well there, there seems to be a high number of ethnic minorities who are passing away because we live in intergenerational families we all live together. Well, don't forget, that also works in another way. There's a lot of people outside of the Muslim community, outside of the BAME community, who don't live together in families. They're actually living alone. And I've seen lots of people who are living alone who are actually suffering real psychological distress and upset because they're literally seeing nobody all day. If there's some way we can reach out to them, even a phone call, and there's lots of places where yeah. you can... Um, uh, you can really um, you can volunteer your services and we can give you numbers afterwards and literally just a phone call to somebody who's living on their own would be absolutely fantastic I've just been, I, I think I just need to do, say one other thing and it's just to plug one of the other charities that Radio Ramadan is um, is um, uh, giving a platform to this year and it's Penny Appeals Coronavirus Emergency Appeal and what they're doing is providing food, uh, testing kits, and hygiene packs in Syria. Um, that is such a fantastic charity. If you see any of the footage of what's happening in Syria, it's absolutely heartbreaking. But put that aside. If you want to do something, please, um, you know, please contribute to Penny Appeals Coronavirus Emergency Appeal. This will get to Syria providing food, hygiene um, to these people in Syria. In fact, I heard something terrible uh, the other day, and it was somebody that said that in Syria, they're actually worried, forget coronavirus, they're worried that when they, uh, when they sleep on the floor that they might not get bitten by scorpions. And that was just 
horrific, you know. But Penny Appeal is doing something about it. So please do contribute. One of the other ones uh, that is also, uh, that the other charities that um, they're actually, in fact, I'll, uh, I've just been handed a note. It's £50 that pays for a food and hygiene pack, £100 for food um, and testing kits, £160 for food hygiene and testing kits. Um, so you can donate to www.radioramadan.scot slash donate. And we're ready to take any donations, whether it's tonight or later on tomorrow. Uh, please do please do phone in um, because there are only so many people who are actually producing, you know, uh, you know, providing the sadka or at least providing the means to put this forward. And this is a very, very blessed month. If we don't do it in this month, we'll miss a golden opportunity. And anything that you do in this month, inshallah, will be uh, amplified. Um, there's also another charity called Wheels to Heal, um, which is a great name. And it's providing wheelchairs and mobility aids for people in disadvantaged, uh, disadvantaged countries. Um, now, uh, this I've seen some of the footage where they've been filling up, um, um, you know, vans with uh, wheelchairs, mobility aids. And then I've seen on the other side how people who are literally shuffling along on their bottoms on the ground uh, on dust have then been able to get into a chair and get around. And the smiles on their faces mm. are just something that, you know, it's unbelievable. So really... Um, Sometimes I get a bit emotional talking about this, but you know, the the as a doctor, I'm always trained to be practical. So the practical way is please give us some money, please send in some, give us some donations. This is the time to give us your sadka, give us your zakat, and phone in to Radio Ramadan Scott uh, forward stroke donate. Um, and inshallah, and if not on this program, one of the other programs, inshallah, we will, you know, you will do something great here. Uh, this is a, there's a, we, you know, I know we're talking about all the downside of coronavirus, but there's some unbelievable blessings that that have come out of having this time. Um, so please, um, that's me talking about some of the, um, some of the charities that, um, uh, Radio Ramadan supporting this year. Um, uh, you know, Radio Ramadan's been one of those things where uh, it's just brought the whole community together every year. And inshallah, even though this has happened, I know people of Glasgow are generous. They're not going to let us down again. This, they're not going to let us down this year, despite all the sort of obstacles that we've got. I'm sure that we're going to we're going to carry on. Um, how about you guys? How Sorry, after that, I've been twittering on a bit. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, obviously, it is a month of giving, and we know a lot of people listen to Radio Ramadan and other stations and on the TV. And, uh, you know, you do hear a lot of charities, you know, um, kind of shouting their case. And I think sometimes when I personally give, I'll, I'll give to a charity that actually kind of strikes a chord with me or pulls on my heartstrings. So I think it's got you've, you've, there's so, so many charities out there, and uh, once you know something 
you know is is relevant to yourself and you feel for it then by all means that's that's what i do uh, on a personal level and like i said earlier on you know it begins at home and, and it carries further out and further afield but hats off to the brothers that organize these things it's not easy you hear people on the radio asking for this charity and for that charity but you know there's a lot that goes behind the scenes to set up these charities and then get the funds uh, uh, to actually buy the merchandise and to get it to the needy as well and you see the evidence of these registered charities so you know uh, know, there's no grey area as to oh does the money go there does it not get there you know these are all pucker and uh, I would, you know, reiterate what you just said and concur that, you know, yeah, please give to these charities, especially for the, the people that can't walk, for the people that have got disabilities. So, yes, it's a great, it's a great uh, charity. You know, uh, I think going through uh, these few days, I think maybe give the brothers and sisters out there a little reminder of it. And it doesn't have to be a lot, it could be a fiver. Your conscience is, is, is clear, you know, by actually doing the, the, the good deed. Absolutely. I think uh, I can't add any more than that, but uh, it's, it's basically very important for us to introspect and think about what's, you know, going on in terms of of the penny appeals for the coronavirus emergency appeal, the importance of providing food, the testing, the hygiene, the packs, as well as the wheels to heal. So, you know, it's for the disadvantaged um, countries out there getting people mobile again, you know, through the mobility aids. It makes a huge, huge uh, change in people's lives. And as the brother said, a small amount of 50 pounds goes towards the food and hygiene packs. 100 goes for food and um, testing. 160 for huge food hygiene and testing altogether. Um, all this will make a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, Nadim, can I, can, I ask, can I ask Niaz a little question? Go ahead. Right. So, you know, everyone is... is thinking, you know, where's this going to end? Um, You know, what's the financial implications? You know, could you somehow explain how this is affecting, you know, uh, funding for governments, for nursing, for education? But yeah, I was, uh, yeah, because, you know, I heard, as I was watching news now and again, I mean, I only watch the news after 10 now, because it's just too much information, there's too too much fake news and conspiracies and whatnot, but one thing that does concern me, and I know this is Niazi's field finance, is that financially, you know, someone mentioned back then that, you know, after the World War II, you know, uh, the, 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 the financial depression was, was really bad, and apparently this is like 10 times worse, if not more. Could you, could you can I elaborate on that? So, so let's um, first start uh, with the basics, which is we have different spin zones. This has to be a no spin zone. So no spin meaning I'm not going to be uh, quoting, say, CNN that tends to be two Democrat-based news stories. 
or Fox, which is too far right, or Breitbart, which is even further right. Yeah. Uh, so the problem is when you read the wrong data points in terms of news or any place of data that comes through, uh, you tend to get a amount of spin that, that's incorrect information. So I, I like uh, Reuters. It's very factual. What's happening with the economy with non-emotional type news. So yeah, we all have to be careful of news that is overly emotional because that creates a spin. And what I'm, I'll try to do um, give you my, my uh, uh, um, reflection on what I've been reading. So, yes, uh, this is uh, in a, a number of centuries the worst in terms of unemployment uh, and potential economic uh, um, effect to, to the world. However, the UK and the US have done a phenomenal amount of work uh, by ensuring that they give a stimulus package that will help boost companies that need it um, and certainly in the UK, uh, I've noticed that uh, it's even going to smaller enterprises. Maybe it's not fast enough, but it is at least something as a start. Um, if we look at the U.S. economy, they are expected to contract by 30%. Um, and I, I, I do think that uh, this is, you know, uh, uh, plausible. This was uh, mentioned, uh, you know, CNBC. They're expecting this, you know, second quarter results to be 30% down for, for GDP due to the coronavirus. Um, and with the unemployment, by the way, extraordinary high, 26 million. That's just unheard of. In the 08-09 crisis when the banks collapsed and they were bailed out, the unemployment was about the 9 million range. So this is a massive, massive difference. It's the same here in the UK. There are people who've been furloughed. Remember, there's a difference between furloughed. Furloughed means you've been told to go home, but you're still employed by the company, but they're not paying you. So you will get in the UK universal credit. In America, you will get unemployment, uh, you, know, you know, which is very similar. So, this still is, you know, even even as the economy starts to open up, that's not probable in the immediate future. Yes, parts of the states have said they will look at opening up. The crazy states, I think personally, uh, and that's a judgment, uh, like Georgia, seem that, that they want to open up hairdressers and the, these places where I think you can uh, go into and, and have a higher chance of um, passing on the virus and especially when it's not fully under control there yet. Um, and that was after, in America, Trump said, let's liberate. Well, luckily, I feel we're very lucky to be here in Europe, very lucky to, um, even though arguably some people say PPE hasn't come in fast enough, there's a lot of criticism, but that's healthy for the government, but certainly for the economic side of things, I feel we're very lucky that there's so much um, help for the sectors involved how's that for a first um, answer for you mm, well well there's a lot, a lot to take in there but yeah there's a, there's basically there's a lot of tough times and uh, a lot of tightening the belt for the future but yeah well i i mean it's, it's great having uh somebody like yourself on 
who's uh, been involved with the financial sector. I'm involved with the medical sector. And for me, uh, when people start talking about the finances and the economy, my mind kind of goes blank or my, you know, my eyes roll over. Because really what I'm always thinking about is savings lives first. But we forget that if you don't have um, money coming in and you can't pay your bills and uh, your mortgages uh, aren't being paid, that your life may actually end anyway. And certainly, uh, maybe it isn't so much so here in Glasgow, but I mean, from what I've been hearing about people abroad in other countries, that's what it feels like, uh, certainly in Pakistan. And I've been hearing incredible stories about people literally, you know, lying down in the street, um, hoping to get you know, uh, begging for a handout because they just haven't got any money. And lockdown, just, I suppose, and that just isn't possible there. So, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's great hearing about the economic side of it and those, those kind of implications. And I think that's going to be something that's going to open up more and more. And we're definitely going to continue that conversation yeah. in this program at another date. Yeah. Um, but um, what can I say? But, you know, you're talking about things like PPE, we could have a whole program about PPE, and believe me, there are GPs out there and other doctors out there who are really fighting that battle um, about getting proper PPE. And for anybody that doesn't know what that means now, it's personal protective equipment, uh, not not PPI, of course, um, but uh, personal protective equipment. And you know, we could have, like I said, we could have a whole program about that. You know, at yeah. some point. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm horrified by hearing the news, um, but I, I like that we can talk about it. We're in a free country to do that and criticize the system because the system will listen, the government listens. And also, this is now we're going into a, a kind of phase two of, yes, of, the, absolutely. Kind of, of the battle. And, and it really is a, it is really is a war. Without the only thing that is different is it's not bombs that's falling; it's, it's a virus that's going about. So yeah. we can't get complacent whatsoever and uh, stay indoors, stay at home, like the, the message that they're saying. So, um, I, I mean, the, the the thing that that they've done as well is, you know, I don't know anyone that's, that's had any money through yet with this furlough, and I don't know any company that's had any money for their private businesses. So I hope a lot of this is not hearsay and a lot of political party political gibberish well uh, uh, i mean you know thankfully i'm in a kind of uh field where uh you know we are getting paid we're getting paid by the nhs so uh, i'm not in that sort of business field where i have to uh look at you know where the next paycheck is coming from uh we just actually got a message from niaz niaz is trying to get back on this is one of the one of the new uh, one of the features of 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 having to use online technology and Zoom yeah. uh, is that sometimes happens. But inshallah, he'll be on quite soon. But yeah. one of the things uh, I noticed uh, Boris was saying was, um, and he and he did say, look, there's five things that we need to have that the government seems to have set for itself before um, we come out of lockdown. Uh, one of it was one of these was the death rate actually following. Uh, yeah. following uh, the NHS not being overwhelmed, the infection rate going down, getting on top of testing and personal protective equipment. And this is all to avoid this, what they call the, the second peak of the disease. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- that's the very thing. The The danger is that we get complacent, we start going out, and then all of a sudden it can get even more so. It can be double the amount that's already happened, apparently. So th- the message really is, is that we're nowhere near out of this whatsoever, and uh, and, and we still don't know. And, and, the, and the politicians can only listen to the science. It's the science, and you've got to follow the science and then take their word and, and hope that they've, they've got it right. So wh- however long this, ha- this takes, uh, I, think, I think Boris Johnson's right. I think you just need to listen to what they say, uh, just like the, the, the government in New Zealand have done. Uh, you know, everyone listened to her, and apparently they've, they've literally eradicated uh, the pandemic there. So... Yes, it's yeah, well, the other one was, uh, an interesting one, uh, was the uh, one of the uh, countries, the world's top scientists, in fact, it was something, it's a bit of a mouthful, it's called the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, or IPBS, and uh, there's a whole load of scientists on that, and essentially what they were saying was, look, um, there's a single species responsible for the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's not um, the animals in the wet market. It's us. It's human beings. It's mm-hmm. us that have basically created this by basically destroying natural habitats in the world. We've basically destroyed the very thing that actually has helped human beings be successful. And uh, what they were saying was that to bring all these ecosystems back to a kind of normal level, it's going to cost billions of dollars, tens of billions. But at the same time, what they said was, look, even if you get one pandemic a century, that's going to cost us trillions, which is what it's cost us. It's cost us trillions. So spending tens of billions of dollars on the environment actually is quite a good return on investment. Um, And and what they said was that, look, if you're going to deal with a pandemic by waiting for a pandemic to come out and hoping for a vaccine, that's not a very good strategy. You need mm. to deal with the things that actually cause the pandemic in the first place. And um, I, I love the way that the, uh, one of the scientists put it forward. He said that nature is sending us a message. And, yeah. um, you know, that kind of reminded me of when my wife talks to me and says, Nadim, I'm sending you a message. You just don't listen. And my usual reply is something like, what did you say? <laughs> but, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that, was a, that was a good story, I thought, where the scientists were saying, mm. look, we're actually destroying the very planet we're living in. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now, I believe I was t- talking, uh, talking about my, my wife and daughter the other day. It feels as if the earth is taking a big s- s- breath of fresh air, it's, as if it's came up for breath. And it's smelling fresh air. I mean, can you imagine? You couldn't have. You, if the pandemic never came along, this would never have happened. This 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 fresh air would never come about. So, and I know. Um, would you call it? They're always looking at the economic implications and and climate change, and they both apparently are clashing. Well, now now with the the environmentalists have got exactly what they want a, a lot more than what they could ever dream of. And do you know what? See if it f- saves future generations, and this is what the cost of it is. I don't think it's a, 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 a massive a, a price to pay. 
Well, mashallah, we've got, um, in one of the programs we've got lined up, an environmental activist uh, who, as well as uh, one of the uh, leading researchers in um, climate change, who's actually working here in Glasgow. And w- one of these chaps actually said to me that, um, what, one of the things he actually said to me was, um, if this is the new normal, I don't want to go back to what it was before. He goes, I'm uh, happy staying this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can absolutely relate to that. Um, you know what, I think if anything, Nadim, I think you would have to be really shallow if you're not self-reflecting right now and realising where you are in the world and yourself. Uh, I mean, I often spoke to one of my colleagues at work and I often used to say to him that, you know what, we feel as if we're one of these mice that are going around in this little wheel. Uh, that there must be more to life. And I think this, personally speaking, is that, you know, this has made me find myself partly part, part of my old self that was way deep down, you know, and uh, I found kind of part of them there. So if anything that this is any good that's come of this, that's what's happened. It's, 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 I found my old self. I'm reading more. I'm more relaxed. Anxiety's gone out the window. Apparently, it's had a um, reverse effect on me. I'm absolutely in the, in the zone at the moment. So, mashallah, mashallah. Uh, it's uh, it, that that's a sentiment I keep hearing that we are remembering ourselves again. It's one of the blessings that seems to be coming out of this um, time. At, Funnily enough, um, somebody said to me that this is what being what living in the 70s used to feel like. Because you had loads of time. You know, in the 70s, yeah. uh, the 1970s, a lot of people will be uh, listening to this thing. What are these old Boudet uh, talking <laughs> about? But, but, you know, there was a time when on a Sunday, shops didn't open. It was yeah. normal to have one day a week where shops weren't open. And, you know, you could, um, you, you were, um, you know, you you had nothing else to do. Um, and you spent time with your family and you you had maybe three channels to watch. Uh, Okay. That's different now, but that, you know, there is something where you're connecting back again with people in your, in your home. Yeah. Well, it's, it's as if, um, so I was out on my bike the other day and I took a little cycle up the Clyde going towards the behind the behind Glasgow Airport. If anyone knows where strawberry the strawberry picking place Yonderton Farm is, there's a river at the bottom of that. So I was cycling yeah. along there. But the path it takes you to there, never has anyone ever looked at me or or anyone share a glance or or eye contact. I lost count how many people actually gave me a nod and a little acknowledgement and and actually chatted to a few people along the way. So. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people have have realised. You know what? Look what we had before, and we never we never even noticed people going by. Now that we've been stuck indoors and we're allowed to get out a little, we're now acknowledging each other and and you know being thankful for it. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely uh, in that respect. There's, there's a lot of benefits. Um, Mashallah, it's a, you're absolutely right. It's a real. It, it, this is what it means to be connected to actually go out and actually acknowledge another human being that is there. And it's actually part of, you know, I think it was, um, I remember on being on one of the iCelibus lectures and it was Sheikh Rizwan that was talking about the root meaning of the word insan and that it had something, and, and actually part of the root meaning was 
the he who forgets or someone who forgets. And actually, as human beings, we do forget. He is absolutely right. We forget ourselves. And yeah. um, maybe this is a time where we're actually beginning to remember those things that we think we that we've forgotten and we thought weren't important. Yeah. And we're realizing the importance of that. And speaking of that, actually, uh, brought me to another story that I saw today. Um, and uh, this was a story about a lot of homeless people who are being housed in hotels, um, which I thought was a fantastic initiative to start with. But apparently in Manchester, a quarter of those people, those homeless people who were housed in these hotels for the lockdown have actually ended up leaving. Um, Mm. Some of them have been thrown out because they've had some antisocial behaviour. I mean, let's face it, if you're homeless, the chances are that, you know, you've got some issues with drugs or alcohol. So some of them may have been um, using those. Some of them haven't been able to handle the social uh, distancing rules there. So some of them have actually ended up coming out. Oh, look, we've got Brother Niaz who's come back on. I think right. he's back on. He's connecting. I don't know if he's actually on yet anytime soon. This feels like, you know, when, you, when you've when you beamed up from the Starship Enterprise and the teleporter and you're still in that kind of dissembled phase. So he's still actually trying to come on. Well, He's not quite on there yet. Well, I, I just got a message from him. I think he's just coming out of light I think he's speed, just, so he should be I with us quite just soon. On. Brother Niaz, you've just come on there. Hi, I've just been, been beamed down from another planet. So hopefully I'm back. <laughs> good, good. Um, uh, I've been told you've got a weak Wi-Fi signal, so I don't know if that's uh, um, the reason for you disconnecting. I have no idea. I got a lot of bandwidth. But it, it seems to be breaking up. Oh, I bet you say that to everybody. Oh, sorry, <laughs> wrong show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Okay, I was just talking about this story with uh, Abdulaziz about people in Manchester who were homeless who were being ho- housed in hotels for the lockdown, and actually a quarter of them have actually ended up leaving. Uh, yeah. Some of them, some of them, because you know they've got other issues uh, with alcohol and things, and they haven't been following the rules. Some of them because they actually can't take living in these places. They don't like the authoritarian nature. They don't like being told what to do, which I thought was kind of strange. Absolutely, um, I, I think uh, I heard something uh, slightly different for Glasgow. Um, there were troubling reports uh, in the media. Um, in the treatment of asylum seekers, and Chris Stevens, a member of parliament uh, over the last week, um, has written to the UK Home Office uh, seeking some, uh, you know, help in the approach that was being done. So what happened was the private contractor to the government uh, was uh, giving people 30 minutes to an hour or less uh, time to move from their apartments as, as asylum seekers and migrants uh, into um, hotels. Can you imagine the change? So from a safer place to be in a in your own accommodation of a flat, being moved to a hotel where you're sharing a lot more area, if that makes sense, the corridors, uh, um, going down the stairs or the elevators. So perhaps that increases the risk as well as the area where they're eating. So that was something that came about just over a week ago and was in the papers. Don't know if you yeah. heard. 
Uh, yeah, I never heard that, but I think a lot of it, like Nadine was saying earlier on, uh, for enough time, you know, a lot of the addiction, a lot of them have addiction problems, and and I think that a lot of that will cloud their better judgment. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think that a lot of that will be in, in the case where twenty five percent are leaving. Yeah. Well, I I think the 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 ones he's talking about matches is totally different. Perhaps this is um, the asylum seekers. So these are actually people that. Um, oh, sorry. I thought you meant the the the, the hotel refugees. in Manchester. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. A slightly different story. Similar, similar type of. Uh, and um, so you know the the member of parliament here, Chris Stevens, he's uh, been looking into that for the mistreatment of uh, you know asylum seekers. I think that's great. It's a you know good start. Um, yeah. And it's an area we can talk about. So, um, go uh, ahead. Um, yeah. So just just before we, I mean, we've not got much time, but can can we just just mention the, the great work that the NHS are doing? And I don't want to feel as if it's just a, a token gesture to mention them, but genuinely, I, 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 I take my hat off to them. I've got all the respect in the world for them for people going on the actual front line and putting their own lives at risk. Uh, so I, I can't thank them, those people enough, and I, and I want to say a, a personal thank you to them all, and a, a lot of gratitude for them as well. The marshal absolutely doubling uh, on that sentiment. Yep. Yeah, I, I would agree as well. Um, a lot of love towards all of them, a lot of energy from us, and our praise with them as well, and our great sincere uh, thanks to you know from people who are even family members. Uh, friends and those who we don't know um, all over the world even um, we have to have a lot of um, respect and, and thoughts because they're risking their lives um, and that that's another fundamental reason that you know we have to abide by you know keeping safe staying at home uh, as much as possible absolutely mashallah and um, it's like I said the I know a little bit about this because I'm actually working in the field, but it's uh, the, the toll on the staff isn't just physical and the way that they're working. Uh, it's it's going to be psychological too later on. Um, and, you know, they're going to need a lot of love um, and a lot of support uh, from from us. And I think uh, Mashallah will do that. But I hope also that the government actually you know, um, remembers that the, the, the service is going to need a lot of financial support as well. So, you know, but like I said, this is, we, I'm doing my best to be fairly neutral on this, but we will be having other programs where we'll be talking about that. And certainly there's a few GPs in Glasgow who are on the front line who are really taking the fight about uh, PPE uh, to the government and, and really bringing this issue up. Um, and we'll inshallah have them on uh, the show quite soon. Uh, I think we're probably, guys, I'd li- I just want to thank you all for for being here and being with me today on Late Night Live. Uh, inshallah, we'll be on on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. And after that, I think Brother Zen is going to be taking over. Uh, inshallah, we're going to be bringing loads of other guests on um, who are going to be talking about all sorts of subjects. Today was a bit of a, an introduction, baptism of fire. We just got in there and uh wanted to introduce ourselves out there to the listeners and just get ourselves acquainted again with Radio Ramadan. We still seem to be on. Um, we Anything you guys want to say? Yeah. 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 We'll be getting thro- ushered, ushered out of the virtual studio. Sure. Or the virtual, 
Enterprise uh, Radio Ramadan 365 Enterprise Star Trek ship. <laughs> we'll be getting beamed back off it. Yeah. Uh, well, another another story that caught my eye since you mentioned uh, hot off the press news is that my, my friend of mine, uh, Kim Jong Un, apparently oh, yes. he's not he's not been in touch at all for the last few days. That's terrible. Yeah. Me. Why is that? I thought you were, I, you guys were tight. Well, this is the thing. We were tight. We we go way back, and I even had a haircut, same as him as well, because we kind of it's a kind of homey yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not been in, in he's not been in contact with me for a few days now, so I'm getting really worried. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard what's happened at all? <laughs> I, I, I don't know him that well. We fell out a long time ago. Aye. Well, it, it was know, something about it was something about nuclear bombs or something. Uh, right. You know, we, we kind of we kind of you know we kind of parted company a while yeah. ago. Well, I was I was looking in the news the other day there, and uh, I was watching news today, and apparently there's so many stories going about. One, the, the, the most extreme one is that. He's dead, and the other <laughs> one is that they took a team of. There's a, been a team of Chinese doctors that's went to North Korea uh, to do some kind of maybe heart operation, and mm-hmm. then there's another one that he went to South Korea apparently, mm-hmm. uh, which is very unusual uh, to an actual uh, kind of uh, heart specialist uh, hospital. So there's all these rumours going about, and it's apparently it's, it's quite big news because. We just don't know if this dictator's on the planet or not. So that 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 caught my eye. But um, the, the other thing about it as well is that you know it's such an extreme regime and uh, fierce regime, and it's got such a tight knit on its community. That I was actually showing my wife some old YouTube videos of when Kim Jong Il passed away. Oh yeah, and, and they were showing all all the. The outpouring of uh, of grief and how that all everybody had to cry to show that they were really upset, and uh, and it was it was something to be. It's, it's quite a sight to see that you know because there's in such fear in North Korea that they have to show that they're really upset. Uh, Niaz, don't look at me just because I was living in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you're, you're traveled. So what's North Korea? What's your take on North Korea right now? I'm just saying Rod- Rodman uh, is his best friend. Rodman, uh, the basketball player, ex-LA yeah. Chicago Bulls, he's the one to ask. And I- I'm sure Rock DJ and Nadim can uh, give him a- Rodman a call uh, and see what's going on. But uh, Well, yeah. Uh, actually, funnily enough, my wife is actually reading a book right now about North Korea. It's called, I mean, I just shouldn't really plug books, but it's called Nothing to Envy. And uh, she's reading this book just now about how people actually live their lives in North Korea. Um, and, uh, I mean, there's some things that she was reading about it, uh, about how people live their lives, which I can't really repeat on the radio. But um, th- there is a thing where actually after six or, is it six or seven o'clock, there's a curfew and people uh, have to switch all the electricity off so people can sort of move around without... Anybody yeah. knowing who it is, so you can imagine all sorts of stuff uh, must go on there. But apparently, from a satellite, you see all the lights going off in North Korea. How true that is, I don't know. Uh, but uh, wow. yeah, it's a kind of different kind of community. So just uh, uh, you know, feel very lucky and appreciative of being in one of the most wonderful free countries of the world, where you can say anything uh, yeah. uh, 
and people are respectful. I, I was listening while I was uh, waiting to get back on um, that, uh, you, you know, Abdul, you were saying you were going on the streets, etc., cetera, uh, by cycling, and the people were more noticing. I noticed that as well uh, when we are allowed our one-hour daily exercise. There's more receptiveness, more communication and love from people, uh, and that's wonderful. I mean, uh, in Switzerland, it was there all the time as part of the culture, and I like seeing it here now as well. Usually you get it more up in the highlands when you go into smaller villages, smaller places. Uh, Newcastle as well, where I have some wonderful, amazing family, and other parts of uh, England, uh, the smaller places always have um, this feel. And now Glasgow, the big city, is doing the same, which is uh, very sweet to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we should all do that. And make, a, make it a point. Don't be shy, Nadine. Uh, as well as, uh, whoever is listening, make it a point to use your eyes, make contact, and Mashallah. say hello. Mashallah, great to hear all your views guys and inshallah we are wrapping up the program now because we are over time but we'll be back again tomorrow at uh, 11 o'clock from 11 to half 12 and inshallah we will be picking a more specific topic and uh, look forward to seeing you all then uh, from me, uh, Nadim Bharti, Abdulaziz and Niaz by Khuda Hafiz Allah Hafiz Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content.